As I record this episode, it is just days before Christmas 2023. And so this message that I'll be sharing with you is in fact meant for our fourth Advent Sunday at the Anchor Fellowship. And for that time, we're going to be doing something kind of special. We're going to be having the children join us in our kind of our main gathering space and sit right up in the front. And what I'm about to share with you in this recording is what I'm going to share with them and with all of the adults as well. And I'm going to let the kids be the first ones to respond. When, as I always say, what did you hear? I'm going to make sure that they're the first ones who get to have a word. Because I think that kind of a posture from all of us really matters to the heart of the Lord. So a little backstory on what I'm about to share with you. About a year and a half ago, I was working on volume two of the Moments with Jesus Encounter Bible, which now is going to be called Cornerstone. And I was working through potentially a chapter on the Magi, which is where I wanted to go anyways with our fourth look at the approach of Jesus. Well, due to the uh, vision that was given to that second volume, we didn't end up using this chapter. And yet, I've always sort of been haunted by its visuals. So what I'm going to do in this episode, and with the kids and the adults this Sunday for Christmas 2023, is share with you what would have been a chapter in Cornerstone. Three little glimpses of what perhaps the approach of those mysterious magi might have looked and felt like. Imagine a group of men sitting around a low, glowing campfire. The desert night is cool, a gentle breeze blowing. The whisper of the wind hisses over the folds of the sand dunes. The walls of their tents flutter and flap quietly behind them. The sound of the campfire crackles and pops against the near stillness. Each of the men is feeling relaxed, contented. Their faces are all lit up, golden and orange, by the firelight. The only other sound they hear is that of the camels quiet, even breathing as they sleep. One of the men sits up straight, looks to the west. He is squinting his eyes and watching the distant depths of the great night sky. The other men now lean in the same direction, trying to see what he sees. They all see a star, a new star, a star sparkling like a kaleidoscope of brilliant heavenly colors. The star seems to be hovering nearer to the ground than any others, hanging low as if to say to them, Look at me. One of the men walks into his tent and then reemerges. He is carrying toward the firelight an old, crackly scroll. He sits back down in the sand, unrolls its ancient paper. He begins to read these words aloud to the others. I can see him in the distance, but not yet. My eyes can see his face, but far off. Behold, a star will rise in Israel, 
a king to rule all the people. Each of these men is already rising to his feet. They all prepare to break down the tents and to move off into the night. In the west, the star is twinkling, calling them. Now imagine a group of men, a different group, all sitting around their dinner tables in their separate homes, all eating their dinners with their families. Jerusalem is quiet with the coming of evening's light. The sounds of the city are softening down towards nightfall. Each of these men is either a chief priest of the Israelite people, a teacher of the law, a scribe, or a Pharisee. They are some of the most important people in the land. They also, all of them, are only half listening to the conversations of their families. All of the minds of these men are off somewhere else. They are thinking about the whispers in the streets about those travelers, those strange men of the East who came riding into town this morning. They are thinking about the rumors of the question that they asked. Where is the one who was born to be king? There is something very strange, somewhat wild about these men. Each of the religious leaders feels nervous. Suddenly, a knocking at each of their doors. A servant of King Herod. Come at once to the palace, each of them hears. So the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the scribes and Pharisees rush from their dinner tables, out into the streets, nearly running all the way to Herod's palace. They find the king to be deeply angry, terribly frustrated. He is sitting, shoulders slumped, unhappy, frowning, up upon his gorgeous golden throne. With a trembling hand, he points across the throne room. All the religious leaders then notice those mysterious wise men. They are standing there wearing colorful, very dusty cloaks. They look as if they have traveled across every sort of wilderness, desert, valley, and mountain. And yet the look in their eyes is joyful, delighted. Where, King Herod shouts at the religious leaders, tell me where is the Messiah, the Savior, supposed to be born? The religious leaders look at each other carefully. They are each now very, very nervous before the king. Then one of them gives the words of the old prophecy, speaking to King Herod with a squeaky, extremely worried voice. O king, he says to Herod, here is the word of the prophet Micah. You, yes, you, little Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, will be important. No one will overlook you, for from you will come a ruler, a king, and he will be the good shepherd of his people. Hearing these words, King Herod looks much more anxious, and those men of the East far more joyful, delighted. Now imagine a little boy 
who is sitting upon the windowsill of his favorite window, looking up at the beauty of the starry nighttime sky. The moon is only a crescent tonight, barely glowing. The stars seem to be alive with wonder. They are winking and twinkling, sparkling and seeming to dance. They spangle like a glitter from the heavenly places. Behind him, the little boy's mother and father are just clearing up from supper. They have taken all the dishes from the table and wiped down its top. In a moment, one of them will walk the dishes down to the stream, wash them off, and then their family story time will start before bed. The little boy is leaning his head all the way out the window. He has just noticed the peculiar sparkling of one of the stars overhead. When suddenly, and much to the surprise of the mother, father, and little boy, the front door of their home is thrown open by a group of complete strangers. Each of the men is wearing a brightly colored cloak of the richest cloth, yet the look of the men is dusty and ragged. They stand there, framed within the dark doorway. They are all looking around the dimly lit room. Until, seeing the little boy over there, sitting upon his windowsill, watching the twinkle of that star in the night sky, these tired, dusty, wise men of the East walk right in. They cross across the simple, single room of this little house, and then they kneel down before that little boy. He is the end of their long, long journey. His mother and father are watching the wise men with wonder. And then one of the travelers, as he carefully puts their gifts before the boy, gold, frankincense, myrrh, gifts perfectly chosen for the king of kings. That traveler says to the little boy, We know you are God. We know you are good. And we know that you are the one who will set us free. And the travelers begin worshiping the little boy. His mother and father watch in great amazement. Thank you for listening.